What's going on, Richmond, Virginia? Good morning, good afternoon. It's 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is Thursday, September 28th. Football's back for week four, and AWOD's back. Happy Thursday, everybody. Here we go. Wanted to kick off the Thursday show by letting all my listeners know you got to be thankful for your health when you have it. It's one of those things I say to myself all the time. Anytime I get sick, you got to be thankful for when you're healthy because, man, does it suck to be sick. I, I must have the worst immune system here in Richmond. I've now caught the bug, COVID, in 2020, in 2021, in 2022, and the four-peat as I got it this week in 2023. This is Awad from his couch, feeling better, but I must be the Michael Jordan of catching COVID. It sucks so much. Four straight days of feeling freezing cold. The shivers were the worst thing in the world. I would not wish them on my worst enemy, but I've seen a light at the end of the tunnel. I woke up feeling like my mind is clear. My sinuses are improving. I hope my voice sounds good. And we got Christopher behind the glass as I'm from my house here and I'm ready to get back in the saddle and... We did have breaking news yesterday out of the NBA. Some are upset about it. Some are loving it. I'll tell you, the basketball world was shook yesterday by Damian Lillard's trade to the Milwaukee Bucks, a three-team trade. I'll give you the details here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. The Sports App. So there was anticipation. There was speculation all over the globe. Where would Damian Lillard, Dame Time, play this upcoming season? He said he wanted to be loyal to Portland forever, and then that kind of faded away. And it looked like Damian Lillard was going to end up in Miami with the Heat. No, no, no. In come the Milwaukee Bucks organization after Giannis Antetokounmpo made headlines saying, I don't know if I'm happy to stay in Milwaukee for the rest of my career here if they don't have the same sense of urgency that I do to win an NBA title. So here is the trade, three-team deal, all right? Portland ends up getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns, and from the A-10, and the Dayton Flyers, Tumani Kamara, the rookie, all right? The Bucks 2029 unprotected first-round pick and unprotected Milwaukee swaps in 2020 and 2030. The Suns. So the Suns, how did they end up in this trade? Well, they wanted to get rid of the big-time contract of DeAndre Ayton as he underperformed, and they needed some bench help. Well, the Suns will get Yusuf Nurkic. That's some help down low. Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as the Milwaukee Bucks will have an unbelievable starting five next season that includes Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo playing alongside each other in a pick-and-roll. If we rewind to last year's NBA All-Star break, LeBron and Giannis were team captains, all right? And they were selecting their teams. LeBron thought Giannis was going to select his teammate, Drew Holiday. You know who he went with? Damian Lillard. The team that connected in the All-Star break will connect this season in the NBA as I believe there's going to be a few more major moves before the start of the season, which is just a few weeks away. Yes, we're a few weeks away from Wizards Wednesdays returning to 910. The fan with the voice of the Wizards, Dave Johnson, joining us Wednesdays at 1230. Let's move over to the MLB. Washington Nationals struggling as of late. A three-game losing streak for the Nats. And 
Look, it's it's been a tough season for the Nats. 69 and 90 now on the year. Uh, we did hit our win over. So look, I, I told you guys uh, the rest is the rest is just you know the top of the cupcake here. We've already eaten the best part. But look, the Nats lose two straight to the Orioles, one nothing, and then yesterday five to one. Day off today before facing off against the Atlanta Braves tomorrow, September 29th, with Trevor Williams on the mound, and they'll be going against one of the best players in Major League Baseball right now, all right? Ronald Acuna Jr. became the founding member, the only member of the 4070 club, all right? His steal of second base in the 10th inning of a hard-fought matchup between the Braves and the Cubs was his second of the night and his 70th of the season, making him the first player in MLB history to hit at least 40 home runs and steal 70 bases. He told an interpreter after the game, Quote, very happy, mostly that we're able to win. I'm extremely happy to have created the 4070 Club. It was one of those numbers that wasn't impossible, but seemed impossible, Acuna said, as the Braves are unbelievable. I mean, if we're talking about the playoffs, which begin next week, the Braves have to be the favorites with 102 wins in the NL. And then the AL, you know, Tampa Bay has been the team everyone's talking about all year long. But to me, the story of the AL has to be the 99-win Baltimore Orioles, who are just scratching the surface of how good they're going to be in the years to come. Let's move over to the NFL. And the lead story in the NFL is quarterbacks connecting over calf injuries. Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Rodgers revealed to the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday that Burrow was playing through a terrible right calf injury. And he said not many people understand just how bad this is hurting him. And they exchanged a few text messages back and forth. Burrow then said of Aaron Rodgers, he's dealt with calf issues his whole career and wanted to use him as a resource and get his thoughts on what he might have done, said Burrow. Uh, he also said he's been through it. He's done that and what is great about it. I do love that you've got two great quarterbacks kind of using each other for insight. And, and uh, look, I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I, I hated to see that calf strain, you know, in training camp. And it sucks that it's kind of been something that he's been dealing with all season long. Uh, look, he doesn't need to be 100% for the Bengals to win. They proved that over the weekend in the 1916 win over the LA Rams. The problem, the Browns are good this year. The problem, the Ravens are good once again this year. The Bengals pick to win that division, not looking so great right now. I'm glad that I stuck with the Baltimore Ravens. And last thing here in the NFL has to be the fact that Taylor Swift fans are watching football and it is rocking worlds. My sister has not watched an NFL game in probably 10 years since my dad dragged her to FedEx Field to come to a game with us. Well, now she's texting me asking me for picks. She wants to know all about Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. She wants to know about Patrick Mahomes and his annoying wife. Swift fans, Swifties are all in on the NFL. It's rocking worlds. And Travis Kelsey on his podcast addressed the rumors and addressed the fact that Taylor Swift not only went to one game, but uh, she is going to come to the game at MetLife Stadium against the Jets this weekend. Back-to-back -back weekends of Taylor Swift fans watching the NFL means women between the ages of 12 and 48 are watching the NFL and maybe listening to this program. Phone lines are open if you're a new listener, 833-804-0910. Here is Travis Kelsey on his podcast. Shout out to Taylor. 
for uh, for pulling up. That was pretty ballsy. That was pretty ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I just thought it was awesome how everybody in the suite had nothing but great things to say about her. They really did, and I, I love the rumors that maybe she left the stadium or she left the suite in a popcorn uh, machine. I mean, there's just so much fun stuff to talk about here with Swifties becoming NFL fans here. I did hear Michael Phillips say, though, that he believes Taylor Swift is better at her job than Travis Kelsey is, and I'm going to say that is incorrect. Christopher, can you throw up the dong for me on that, all right? First day back here right out of the gate. Got to throw up the dong on Michael Phillips here. Travis Kelsey's going to go down the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL, all right? I could name Beyonce. I could name Rihanna. I could name a few other singers that I personally believe are much better than Taylor Swift. Not the biggest Swifty fan. I'm sorry. My sister and all her friends can come at me. I don't care. I watch the NFL for Travis Kelsey. I'm not watching it for Taylor Swift. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a division rivalry matchup for the Commanders this weekend facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the Commanders Corner coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess at 1245. Catch up with him and see what the high school game of the week is. That's at 1245. The Richmond Commander every day at 1 p.m. taking your phone calls. How can the Commanders bounce back and perform well for four quarters? That's what it's going to take to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. Kyle Roenick will join the program at 145 to talk a little Commanders. Then we'll chat with MP on the mic, Michael Phillips, at 2.30 as each of us cancel an NFL team each week but right now it's time for the commander's corner and look we don't need to break down the game a lot of things went wrong all right the bills scored 37 points the commanders scored three but the biggest takeaway is washington absolutely needs to run the ball more they need to run the ball more brian robinson is six foot two 240 pounds and he is first in the nfl with 16 rushes for a first down and yet he only has 47, 48 carries through the first three weeks, that is not enough. They need to force-feed him the rock, and that is how they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles last year. I get Eric Bieniemy's plan is to pass early to set up the run in the second half, and that would be successful if this team had everything going for them. Well, they don't. They have a young quarterback who's taken too many sacks. They have an offensive line that has a ton of uh, not good enough NFL players. I mean, my goodness, how many times can we watch Andrew Wiley get burnt and say, oh, yeah, this guy's good enough to be our starting right tackle? He's just not good enough. And so they've got this makeshift offensive line and a young quarterback that's taking sacks. And how do you help them out? You run the dang football. And so I'm not really calling out Eric Bieniemy here. I don't think it's his fault because I think part of it is on Sam Howell. He's got to understand that when the linebackers are dropping back and he threw that interception to a linebacker dropping back, that you need to audible to a run. And that sometimes, you know, he should take off and run or throw the damn ball away. I mean, my good, it's like they don't teach young quarterbacks to throw the ball away anymore. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Last year, we were talking about how Kenny Pickett, I think he led the league in, in throwing the ball away in college. And I thought that was cool because that's something that you don't see anymore in the NFL. Throw the ball away. And then it's second and 10 instead of second and 16 and second and 19. And that's my biggest takeaway from the loss against Buffalo. And with all that being said, I honestly think 
when it was 16 to nothing in the start of the fourth quarter that we had a chance to win that game if we had done all the things right. We didn't do that. So it's a rivalry week this Sunday, and we try to get back on the winning path here. Let's go through the rivalries inside the, bit, the division here on the commander's corner. To me, obviously, Dallas is number one. That's the clear choice. Christopher, let me hear that commander's corner music here to get me fired up. Uh, but Dallas is obviously the team that we hate the most, right? I mean, Washington hates Dallas. Cowboys hate Redskins. It's a rivalry as clear as can be. It's America's rivalry, if you ask me. For years, these two teams battled and battled to the death. And the winner would sometimes represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now, both teams have struggled. And I think the rivalry's lost a little bit of gas, all right? I still hate Dallas, but they don't scare me as much. I think they're a bunch of overpaid and overrated players. And you know what? They haven't won a game that matters in years, if not decades. Next up for me, team that I hate the most in the division, it has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I hate the Eagles. I hate Philadelphia. I hate Philly fans. I think Philly fans are the worst people on the planet. Eagles fans are the scum of the earth. They're the type of people that will text you good game after a loss. They're the type of people that will laugh at you while you're crying. And I always tell this story, but for my new listeners, and Christopher, you're new on this show here, the first male buttocks that I ever saw was after an Eagles game at FedEx Field. The Eagles defeated the, the Washington Redskins. I was a season ticket holder with my dad. I'm probably eight years old at the time. And we got mooned by Eagles fans. Out the window of a moving bus, it was like a movie. They all pulled their pants down and screamed, Redskins suck, and it frightened me. And it has always stuck with me. The first freaking male buttocks nude that I ever saw was freaking Eagles fans celebrating a win. Then... You had the Monday Night Massacre. I wanted to tell this story the other week when Virginia Tech had the six-hour delay because it reminded me of that game. I was there, and I was soaked in a T-shirt because I was all in on a Donovan McNabb revenge game. McNabb had just come over to Washington, had just signed a major contract. He was going to be the guy here. I made a T-shirt where I drew his face on the front, and on the back I wrote, McNasty instead of McNabb with his number and I decided I was going to go to that game in a t-shirt I didn't look at the weather report it rained so hard it was so cold and so wet I was soaking I was disgusted I was depressed and I probably lost five years of my life that night just getting soaking wet in rain as the commanders got destroyed by the Eagles then I would put the Giants after that but the Giants they're just a dud yes here's the thing about the Giants they're probably the most successful team in the division in my lifetime, right? Two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, but a bunch of bad seasons in there. A bunch of seasons where you felt like the Giants just were not a good organization. Even the two years they won the Super Bowl, they struggled those years. You know, we tied them last year. That's kind of basically how I feel about the Giants. They're a team that we tie. You know, it's not like we beat them. It's not like they really beat us much. We're on the same level as the Giants in my lifetime. I don't like New York, but I don't mind them. Whatever I say is just, hey, we got to win the game. Uh, our friends at Rigo's Rag came up with their four bold changes the commanders must consider in week four against the Philadelphia Eagles if they're going to get the win. Number one, they say the commanders must simplify the offensive playbook. Sam Howell isn't going to get anywhere playing hero ball at the link. The commanders need to take care of the football take what the defense gives them and hope the offensive line can withstand the obvious pressure from Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and first-round selection Jalen Quarter. Look, 
I, I agree. I, I agree. The offensive playbook must be simpler. But I also think that's on to Sam's decision-making, right? Sam has to understand that not every play can be a deep shot. Not every play, play can be a home run ball. I told you guys after I watched the film against Denver, yes, he looked great. And yes, I gave him an A- minus for the game. But I noticed three different plays in which his eyes were focused downfield and he had an open Antonio Gibson, an open Logan Thomas, an open uh, Jahan Dotson. And he didn't take the little dump-offs because his eyes were downfield. In fact, what happened was he would hold on to the ball and then take a sack or hold on to the ball and then run for two yards. Well, I mean, that really destroyed us against the Bills. His decision-making was awful. But here's what I will say. If you're going to make a bunch of mistakes, let's make them all in one game. All right, hopefully he got that out of his system. Number two, they say the commanders need to give Brian Robinson Jr. 30 touches. Robinson gained 70 rushing yards from 10 carries against a stout Bills defense. This represents more outstanding output from a player who looks every bit the lead backfield presence Washington hoped for when they selected him in the third round of the 2022 NFL Draft. I think that's perfect. Brian Robinson Jr. needs to touch the ball 30 times if we're going to beat the Eagles. You can't do the exact same thing that you did last year to knock off an 11-0 Eagles team where you ran for, I think, 180 yards as a team. I mean, they had like 46 run attempts there. You're not going to be able to do that much because the Eagles did improve their defensive line. All right, Even right after that game, I think they signed Indomitka Sue and then went on to obviously get to the Super Bowl. They were able to fix their defensive line. But you still need to give him a shot, all right? And some of the times that we need to run the ball needs to be in passing down situations, all right? On a second and 10 with a young quarterback here. A first and 10, I get it. You want to take your shot downfield. If that's incomplete, I know the enemy's thinking, we got to get ahead of the stakes here. Second and 10, let's throw it for six yards and make it third and manageable. That might be an opportunity to run the ball against this Eagles team here because if Brian Robinson Jr. is actually getting four and a half to five yards a carry, then that will set up third and manageable situations. The third thing from Rigo's rag here on four things the commanders must do, must consider if they're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend, it is the commanders should adopt man coverage on the Eagles wide receiver duo. Now, I will tell you this. I haven't gotten to uh, the film from this week against the Bills. I'm not sure if I want to watch the film from that 34-point butt-whooping uh, that we faced, but here's what I will say is I'm tired of watching this defense here give up yards against the rush, all right? That is when they're supposed to be the best defense in the NFL, right? You, I mean, you had Jonathan Allen tell, tell the junkies, we're not going to really blitz much because we have four first-round picks on the defensive line. Well, it didn't look like that against the Bills. You know why? Because they had no pass rush. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure the word that I would use for this. I don't think integrity is the right word. But they had no pass rush where they were coming together as a unit. They, you know, it would be three guys and then a hole where the fourth guy did his own thing. And, and Josh Allen destroyed them. And he did the same thing two years ago. Where if you rush four and your gap lanes are not perfect, he will just... He will just eat you to pieces. He will eat you to pieces here and just run all over you. And that's what he did against the commanders, especially on third down. The fourth thing they say the commanders should do: bench Cody Barton. They say do not let the tackle stats fool you. Cody Barton is rapidly becoming a weak link on the commanders' defense. I will say I did notice that in the running game. 
I did notice that in the running game from the Bills. It, it's almost like he's too slow to to find out which gap he needs to cover. And it, it, I think Jamin Davis is better than him. And I think maybe Kaliki Hudson uh, should be able to get an opportunity there because it's just crazy because you're seeing Cole Holcomb shine for the Steelers and everyone's like, why did we let him go? Oh, because we liked Cody Barton. I don't know that I really like what I've seen from Cody Barton in the first three weeks of the NFL season. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We got a lot still to come on the show today. Of course, Thursdays at 2.45, AWOD certified game of the week, guaranteeing that football fans around the country will enjoy this game. Give that out at 2.45. We'll go around the NFL and pick some winners with Nick Ashew from BetMGM tonight at 1.30. NFL hits when we return, previewing all the games this Sunday and tonight's Thursday night football matchup on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. And it is a division rivalry game this weekend. 1 p.m., Commanders at Eagles. The Skins have won two of the last three at the link. That's got to make you feel confident for that game coming up this Sunday. And it can be heard right here on 910 The Fan with a two-hour pregame show and two-hour postgame show as well right now we've got a thursday night football game and you know how we do the bit we run through every single game on the sunday slate and rank them three stars means you have a possibility to be a wad certified game of the week two stars much must watch television one star yeah put it on maybe go to red zone go back to it zero stars snooze fest here we go with nfl hits all right lions packers thursday night I'm going to give that a two-star game. Give me give me the double ding for that, Christopher, here. That's a solid Thursday night game. We have been saying the Thursday night games have not been great in the last few seasons. This could be a, a thriller tonight because I like Goff and the Lions offensively. Jordan Love showed a lot of heart, right? Love showed me some heart coming back to win that game past uh, this past Sunday against the Saints, especially that two-point conversion, especially that play where he scrambled around the backfield and then threw it into the end zone. I, I mean, he looked incredible. I don't know if he could keep that up. You know, these young quarterbacks, they're going to have good games than bad games. It's going to be a roller coaster, uh, but this should be a fun one tonight. Lions at Packers. On Sunday at 9.30 in the morning, from London, and Christopher, I believe this is the game stub that you can watch on Disney+, Plus. the animated game. I know you were talking about that. You're fired up for the animated game. Is that Check on that if that's this game. It might be the next weekend, but Falcons-Jags from London, 9.30 a.m. That's a one-star game for AWOD here. Uh, Falcons have surprised some people this year. Jags are trying to bounce back. I'll have a little interest in that. It's nice to get up Sunday morning and watch some NFL, uh, but it's not like the, the people of London are getting the most talented uh, players in the NFL. I mean, we're getting the Falcons and the Jags, um, so it is what it is. 1 p.m., though, Dolphins at Bills. Three stars. Three stars. That should be, that should be the game of the weekend, all right, because you have the Dolphins who just put up 70 points. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah, 70 points against the Denver Broncos in which they averaged 10.6 yards a play. That's a first down every single play on offense. They put up 70, and they're going up against a Bills team. 
Not too bad, just put up 37, all right, and have truly bounced back the last two games from their opening season loss to the New York Jets. That's a three-star game for sure. Uh, Commanders-Eagles, I'm going to give that a two-star stub. Look, this is a divisional game. It's a rivalry game. Like I said, the Commanders won two of the three at the link. They were able to end the Eagles' 11-game win streak last year as they were 11-0 at the point when the two teams played. How did they win that game? By running the football. So it's not like it's going to be the most high-scoring game, but it should be very entertaining. Anytime these two teams face off against each other, sometimes it's a blowout. Most of the time, it's like a field goal wins. Uh, Next, Broncos at Bears. That's going to be my first uh, snooze fest of the weekend. No, thank you. Broncos-Bears might go down as the worst game in the history of the NFL. Michael Phillips, I think he said they should have uh, put that game on Wednesday afternoon, right? I mean, who the hell wants to watch Broncos at Bears? I guess there are a few Russell Wilson fans still here in Richmond, but uh, I don't think you're going to be a fan if he loses this week to the Bears. Uh, Two-star game, Ravens at Browns. I do think that's a good game here. Both teams 2-1 fighting for the top spot in that division. While Cincinnati struggles, they have to take advantage of that. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase will pick it up later in the season as he gets healthy. So the Ravens and Browns, all the early season wins they can get, they can muster, will be important. The Ravens, you know, they're coming off of that very disappointing game against the Colts in which, really, the refs screwed them. They should have called pass interference uh, on the play in which, The Ravens missed on fourth down, which allowed the Colts to go and kick the game-winning field goal. So the Ravens want revenge against the NFL, whereas the Cleveland Browns defense is right now statistically the best defense in the NFL with maybe the best player in the NFL in Miles Garrett after you saw the Titans send two tight ends in motion to just try to stop him on that side of the field. Bengals at Titans, that's a one-star game for me. Eh, I mean, look, I think you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry running the ball and then a lot of uh, Joe Burrow getting the ball out of his hands quickly here so that he can avoid hits in the pocket uh, thrown to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Give me the Bengals to win an ugly game. Rams at Colts. That's a no thank you. No, that yeah, no, that'll do. I'm going to pass on that one, Stub. Not interested in the Rams at the Colts. I, I just... Look, are we going to get Gardner Minshew again? It looks like it for the Rams. Uh, They've been okay this year. Uh, You know, a couple fun stories with their wide receiver, uh, you know, getting open all the time. Puka Nakua, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, But I'm just not the biggest fan of the Rams this season. Then you get the biggest snooze fest of the the weekend. The 0-3 Vikings at the 0-3 Carolina Panthers. The only thing that's good about that game is that Bryce Young most likely will not play, and Andy Dalton played really well last week. So you should see a decent quarterback matchup there. But both teams are 0-3, desperate for a win. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not interested in watching Kirk Cousins You know, probably go down by 10 or 14 points and then you know, have him have a fourth-quarter comeback, still lose by three, but he racks up 400 yards and looks like the best quarterback statistically in the NFL even though he'll be 0-4. Steelers at Texans. That's another no-thank-you game. Steelers' defense has been fun to watch this year. Their offense is boring. We move over to the 4 o'clock slate, and it begins with Raiders at Chargers. That's a one-star game, Stub. Look, always fun between those two ga- those two teams there, Raiders and Chargers. It's a rivalry. should be exciting. I think one of those teams stinks, and one of those teams is decent. I don't know which one it which one it is. I wanted to say it was the Chargers, but I just don't like the the decision making of their head coach to start the season. 
So that's a little bit frustrating there. Uh, Patriots at Cowboys. Patriots at Cowboys. Both teams desperate for a win. Give me a one-star game for that. I love that coaching matchup, though, right? I love that coaching matchup. Give me Bill Belichick and the Patriots to defeat the Dallas Cowboys here um, at 425. Cardinals at 49ers. I'm going to give that a one-star game because the Cardinals fly around the field. They, I mean, offensively. Josh Dobbs looks like RG3 sometimes the way he sprints upfield. He had like a 30-yard carry last week against the Cowboys, and that surprise win. But the Niners, the Cardinals fly around the field. The Niners soar around the field. McCaffrey runs around with ease. Debo Samuel runs around with the ease. That defense is going to eat up the Cardinals. I think that's going to be a lower-scoring uh, game. But, man, the Niners are so good, they should win easily. 8-20, Sunday Night Football. Chiefs at Jets. One star, one star, and that star is Taylor Swift. I mean, I really wish Aaron Rodgers was playing in this game. So does the entire NFL. That's why they had this matchup. Sunday night football, Chiefs in New York to face off against the Jets. The problem is you're going to get Zach Wilson, and you're going to get a lot of Zach Wilson handing the ball off and throwing interceptions, and it's just going to be probably a Chiefs 20-point victory. I'll probably stop watching at halftime. Uh, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Giants. That's a one-star matchup. That Look, it could be two-star. It really could be two-star if Saquon Barkley is healthy enough to go for the Giants and gives that offense a little bit more push there. Uh, but I think the Seahawks should win this game. Defensively, they've looked good. Offensively, Kenneth Walker's really running the ball successfully. Uh, Geno Smith is finding open receivers anytime he steps back in, in play action there. So the Seahawks have, have been impressive this season uh, so far. So that is all of the games that you can watch over the weekend, including the 930 game on Sunday. Christopher, did you find that answer? Is that the animated game? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it, it is, is the animated yep. game. Oh, how about that? Yeah, how about I'll that? have to tune in. I, I, I really want to know what that looks yeah. like. I'm definitely going to watch. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm going to watch both, all right? I'll put the animated on one TV, the real game on the other. I just kind of want to see what the NFL's got when it, when it comes to, you know, graphic designers and animators. So are they going to be able to make an awesome animated, you know, game for kids that are probably 8 and 10 years old that wake up on and, and Saturday and Sunday morning and watch Cartoon Network like I did. You know, walk, walk, wake up and watch uh, Nicktoons. Wake up and watch Disney Channel. So all the kids out there that used to wake up and, and watch cartoons, well, now you can do that for an NFL Sunday. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's easy. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910, call AWOD, 833-804-0910, or you can tweet us throughout the show, at 910thefan and at AWOD Radio. It's my guy, Gary Hess, as we drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar, coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for high school football. Every high school football game of the week can be heard now on 910 The Fan. And joining me right now for a special segment on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the czar and the voice of high school football here in Richmond, Virginia, Gary Hess. What's going on, Gary? What's happening, man? How are you doing, bro? 
I'm doing good. It's kind of funny. I'm kind of like literally not on the actual Richmond Highway, but I am wheeling around the highways of uh, of the capital city today in the metro area, meeting with coaches for tomorrow night and delivering some player of the game plaques brought to you by Bunky Trinity Trophy. So I am making the rounds and happy to uh, chat with you a little bit. I love that. So let's get in the car and drive. Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. So I am excited to announce that Thursday high school walkthrough will begin tonight with the season premiere right here on 910 The Fan with Gary Hess at 6 p.m. Tell me a little bit about this. So basically, it's a it's a preview of the weekend. Uh, Coach Chris and myself and uh, Steve Adams, who's doing some reporter work for us this year, the three of us, uh, we did this show in 2019, and it was one of the casualties of the pandemic. And we've brought it back this year. It's 6 to 7. We preview. We talk to coaches. We talk to newsmakers. We talk about everything going on in the high school football world. And we'll obviously do a preview of our game of the week uh, as well. So that's 6 to 7 tonight. Our guests this evening are going to be the coach of uh, 5-0 and Douglas Freeman, George Bland. And uh, one of the great stories of the year so far, the first-year coach at Meadowbrook, Billy Rudd. Uh, we've talked about them before. One win in four years, and in his first year, he's got the Monarchs off to a three and two start. So those are the two coaches we'll have on, and uh, we're excited about it. Six to seven this evening. That's going to be a ton of fun right here on nine ten. The fan now at one hundred five one FM. So Gary, I'm trying to catch up on all the high school football action that I missed. How bad is Ethan Mentor's injury? It's season ending. It was a oh. knee injury. He's had surgery. He is out for the year. Um, the next time you'll see him on the field is uh, uh, in the orange and blue in Charlottesville. So, yeah, it's a big loss for Thomas Dale. And uh, we've got Thomas Dale coming up tomorrow night uh, against Dinwiddie in a battle of teams ranked in the top five in our CBS 6, 9, 10, the Fan Coaches Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I will tell you it's very interesting. You know, there's no replacing Ethan Minter, but Ethan Medley, the backup quarterback, last week, threw for 301 yards and four touchdowns and a 41-14 win over Prince George. So my guess is Thomas Dale is going to be all right. Love to hear that, man. Uh, and hopefully Ethan Mentor can make a speedy recovery. I am. I haven't locked it in yet, uh, but I am hoping um, uh, the coach at Thomas Dale is working to set it up uh, that we. I am going to come back down here to, to Chester. I'm sitting in the parking lot at Thomasdale right now uh, <laughs> to talk, and I'm going to have a sit-down with Ethan next week that will run at halftime of our game next Friday night. Oh, we love that, and every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and we team up with our friends at CBS 6 for the 910 The Fan CBS 6 uh, coaches poll, high school football coaches poll, the top 10. Do you have that in front of you right now, Gary? Any notable changes to the top 10? You know, the the same 10 teams are ranked. There was a little bit of shuffling at the very top between teams 2, 3, and 4. This week, Dinwiddie is 2, Manchester 3, Thomasdale 4. But they're all very close. That seems to shuffle a little bit every week. 
and then a little shuffling at the bottom between Hopewell lost to Dinwiddie and dropped from number nine to number ten. LC Bird moved up a spot from from uh, uh, ten to nine. But other than that, it's pretty much uh, the same this week for the CBS six nine ten the fan coaches poll. All right, so you mentioned the game of the week that you'll be broadcasting is Thomas Dale at Dinwiddie. Give us a preview for that, and what other good games are there to watch this weekend? You know, Thomas Dale and Dinwiddie is a is a district battle. They play every year. It's always uh, hyped. Too. Both teams are always are typically very very good. So there'll be a big crowd down at Dinwiddie Friday night. This is an anticipated game. Our first chance this year to see Harry Dalton, the incredible quarterback of the Dinwiddie Generals, and uh, you know, and to see you know two really good teams going at it, and you know, kind of sharpening the sword as you start pointing to the playoffs. I can't believe that we're talking about the fact that you know teams are heading into the second half of the season already. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great battle. We did the game last year when both teams were 9-0, and uh, we're excited to have that game uh, on Friday night. But, uh, they, you know, this is the time of year where there's several games that are worth looking at every week. So we're going to be keeping an eye on everything going on. But clearly the game of the week is the game at Dinwiddie, and that's where it will be. Driving down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, usually joins us every Wednesday at 2.15. Uh, run around high school football here in Richmond, Virginia. And I'd love to ask you, who would you want to spotlight this week, Gary? Well, i tell you, a couple of people I do want to spotlight. First of all, you know, because Harry Dalton never ceases to amaze, I did want to mention that they played Hopewell, a team in the top ten last week, and Harry Dalton scored six touchdowns, a six-pack. One in the <laughs> air, five on the ground. So, you know, he never ceased to amaze. But the quarterback at St. Christopher's, Khalil Nash, threw two touchdowns, ran for two more. But St. Christopher's dropped its first game of the year, losing to undefeated Norfolk Academy. But I wanted to give him a shout-out. I've already mentioned to you uh, the Medley kid who replaced Ethan Mentor at quarterback. And then the other guy I wanted to mention was Peyton Seelman at Hanover. He had 29 carries for 194 yards and two touchdowns, and on defense had 11 tackles and four tackles for loss as the Hawks beat county rival Atley uh, 21-7. So uh, pretty cool there. Also want to give a shout-out to Greg Lilly, the longtime coach of the Benedictine Cadets. Uh, He got his 100th win on Friday as Benedictine beat North Cross. So the 100-win milestone in his 15th year uh, at Benedictine, so I wanted to give a shout-out to Coach Greg Lilly on that milestone. So last week we talked about who might be the best quarterback in, in high school football in Richmond right now, and we had a pretty good debate about that. And obviously, uh, you know, the teams at the top right now have the best quarterbacks, it seems like. What about running back? Who, who are the best RBs in Richmond? You know, it, it's it's interesting because the uh, the running back position is one that's hard to qualify because so many schools use more than one. Uh, Raphael Tucker, the running back at Dinwiddie, is one that I think is very good. Donovan Jefferson at Meadowbrook, one of the surprise teams, very good. Um, Erlante Winston at Hermitage uh, put up 176 yards and two touchdowns this past Friday in our game of the week. Uh, I'd have a hard time locking in on one. But Eric Bird, the running back at Highland Springs, who's only a sophomore, has really looked the part of a go-to running back so far. Uh, him, uh, Peyton Seelman at Hanover. Uh, and then, tell you what, there's a one-two punch at uh, at Huguenot, uh, a team, uh, one of the teams that's really emerged this year. 
And those two guys, uh, Michael Dabney Jr. And, and James Washington, have really put on a show. Michael Dabney had 231 yards and two touchdowns this past week in a win over Powhatan. So a lot of different guys uh, to look at at the running back position. It's not as clearly defined. But the one guy, I guess, if I had to pick one at this point, would be Rashad Lewis, the running back at L.C. Bird. He just seems to put up a buck fifty or two hundred every game, and Bird is a team that loves to run the football. So, um, a lot of candidates, but if you pin me against the wall, I'll say Rashad Lewis so far this year. Well, Gary, love having you on the show, and you are literally driving around Richmond Highway right now. Uh, so, so take me through your schedule for the rest of the day because you've got to get back to the studios for six p.m. Okay, so I'm getting ready to meet with the coach here, Thomas Dale, Kevin Tucker. And then on my way back across town, I'm going to stop at uh, at Elsie Bird, Manchester, and Midlothian and drop off player of the game plaques from earlier this season, brought to you by Bunky Trinity Trophies. And then I'm going to head home, regroup for an hour or so, then head back to the station, do the walkthrough from 6 to 7. We love that. And, Gary, you did survive – throughout the first three weeks of the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, selecting the Ravens, Bills, and the Chiefs. You've used most of the top dogs. Any idea who you're going with week four? You know, I haven't even looked at yet. And, you know, who you use is irrelevant compared to staying alive. Staying alive is really, really what matters. And so I have managed to do that. As for who I might use this week, I really haven't given it a lot of thought yet. But uh, I'm taking a quick look, and, um, yeah, I'm just not sure. Probably we'll go ahead and use up the 49ers if I had to guess. Yeah, no, it seems like a popular pick so far. Gary, great stuff as always, man. appreciate it. And one more time, what's the name of the show, and where can they check it out? Thursday high school walkthrough, 6 to 7 this evening, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, Odyssey app, and, of course, at thefanrichmond.com, uh, listening online. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. We're excited. It's going to be a fast-moving hour, and uh, then we'll uh, have the game of the week tomorrow night starting at 630 on all those same destinations between Thomasdale and Dinwiddie. High school football's in full swing, baby. I love it. Thanks so much, Gary. I appreciate it. Be well. Take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it's the Richmond Commander coming up next. Your phone calls, 833-804-0910. How in the world can the Commanders bounce back from a 34-point deficit and defeat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday? That's coming up next on The Fan.